Up first, Jacqueline Simono of Canada. Bill, I just love watching her perform and swim. Her athleticism and artistry is inspiring. Jacqueline Simono, 18 years old, a silver medalist at the 2014 World Juniors. People just think that we just float in the water and it looks easy, but uh, that's, that's not really what exactly what we do. Welcome to Flame Bears, the women athletes carrying Tokyo's torch. I'm your host, Jamie. In this episode, we speak with Jacqueline Simino, Canadian artistic swimmer whose journey to the Olympic pool has been synchronized with hard work, a touch of glamour, and the loving support of family and friends. We learn how this incredible sport has evolved from the days of vaudeville, as well as how gender plays a role in unexpected ways. But first, what is artistic swimming? Synchronized swimming has many names. Water ballet, synchro, and for the 2020 Olympics, artistic swimming. These smiling synchro swimmers make it look effortless, but it's one of the hardest sports out there. Imagine dancing and doing flips while holding your breath. Someone who's all too familiar with what it takes to make it in the big pool under the rings is Jacqueline Simino or Jackie, as she goes in the world of swimming. My name is Jacqueline Simino, and I am an Olympic artistic swimmer. I competed at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games in the duet event, and I am now qualified for the Tokyo 2020-2021 Olympic Games in the duet and team event. Uh, I'm also a four-time Pan American Games gold medalist and a multi-world series medalist. So I tried lots of different sports when I was little. Hockey, soccer, baseball, any sport really, you name it, I tried it age of six, I really fell in love with water sports. And then one day at diving practice, I saw synchronized swimming from the five meter diving board. And I thought it was so neat because they were throwing up a girl in the air and she had enough time to do a double backflip. And I was doing that off of a five meter board. And these people who were pushing this girl up in the air weren't even touching the bottom of the pool. So I, I was mind blown. And I remember running to my mom in the stands and saying, mom, that's what I want to do. Can you tell us a little bit about what being on the Canadian Olympic team means to you? It means so much to me. Not only does being on the Canadian Olympic team mean that I'm an Olympic athlete, but it brings so many values to the table as well. Values that I could share to the next generation of athletes and females in sports, such as dedication, passion, commitment, perseverance. All these things that I've learned leading up to being on the Olympic team, I get to share now. I'll always remember this moment where I, I qualified for the Olympics because that moment was as if I was told by mom, you know, mom, I, I made it. And that year was in 2015 at the Pan American Games. We had to win gold there to qualify. And if we didn't win gold, we didn't qualify for the Olympics. So you could only imagine the, the amount of pressure that was on. And not to mention, I mean, they had a lot of, illnesses that year. I had a stomach ulcer. I was in and out of the hospital in Canada and in Brazil. I had my four wisdom teeth removed that year. So a lot was going on. But to be able to overcome all these challenges and then come home with gold, my amazing duet partner, and just celebrate that moment with my parents and just tell my mom, look, I, I, <laughs> that was another moment where I just broke out in tears. <laughs> While Jackie's parents are beyond proud of their daughter's accomplishments in the pool, when I asked them what they're most proud of, their responses were about 
who she is as a person. I'm Linda. I'm uh, Jackie's mom. And I'm Rob. I'm the dad. I like to think that I gifted my daughter her love of water and sense of musicality. However, I have neither one of those. Therefore, it's all Linda. (laughs) I think she's just so goal-oriented and just a, a love for life and curious and questions everything and just constantly wants to fill herself with knowledge. And I think that is such a beautiful gift. And and to be able to use it and want to use it on a daily basis, I think it's just amazing. Yeah, I agree. It's a combination essentially of curiosity and work ethic. And and that gets you through most everything. I thought that she'd calm down a bit as she'd start getting a little bit older, but no, she just kind of directs her energy towards new objectives. and, And that's certainly a pleasure for a parent to see. I asked them what it means to have their daughter represent Team Canada. Oh, I think she has a, a true pride to, to be able to wear that maple leaf. It's a really sense of showing your country its proudness. Canada has a, such a wonderful sense of diversity, opportunities for the many people out there. And to stand on a podium and to hear your anthem, it's a pretty proud moment. To be politically incorrect, if I dare, nationalism you know can be uh, toxic in many ways and and unfortunately you know we've seen all too much of that but this this nationalism represents the best jackie's brother christian helps us understand just how long this has been a dream of jackie's my name is christian simino and jacqueline is my sister it's amazing for her because since she's about four or five, her dreams has always been to go to the Olympics. And she went for the first time in 2016. And it's her second time now, which is just amazing. So as I sit and lounge in my tiny quarantine apartment, I wonder how she prepares for a competition of this scale. We are in the water for about six hours every single day. That depends on what type of training we're in, how close we are to competitions. It'll change depending on our our season for sure. Um, But we also do gym and flexibility training every day as well. So that adds another two hours. So we pretty much train eight hours in a regular training cycle. This is Claudia Holzner, Jackie's duet partner. Jackie and Claudia are currently in Tokyo thanks to their hard work and unique partnership. She is one of the most dedicated athletes I've ever met. She is so calm. She's confident and she knows exactly what she wants to do. And for me, being partnered with her back in 2017, it was such an easy transition because we've known each other our whole lives. We started swimming together back when I was 15 and she was 12, I believe. And now to come together, it was almost a natural transition. We basically can read each other's mind underwater. And I'm just really excited to show the world what we have. Jackie's ability to work well with others isn't new. Here's her previous duet partner for over a decade, Corinne Thomas. Training with Jackie and I, our chemistry was instant. And when you're a partnership like us, we get to know everything about the other person. So I know when she lifts one arm a certain way when we're underwater, that she's going to do another thing right away. Our routine is all about being together in sync at all times. We're like one person, so we have to be on the same level of energy and of everything that we do. 
all of this relentless training and obvious success. And Jackie actually believes she wasn't naturally built to swim. So the typical build physically in our sport is about 5'8 to 6 six one, six foot one and, and length and tallness. And then from there, you'd like to be very flexible. So a lot of the Olympic champions in our sports, such as Russia, come from sports such as rhythmic gymnastics. And my background is a hockey player and a diver. So I'm, I'm very powerful and strong and zero flexibility. And so that's what I mainly talk about when it comes to my physique not being built for the sport. I'm not naturally built to be a sinker swimmer in terms of flexibility and height. But that's okay because I've been able to overcome these obstacles and find other strengths that make me stand out um, in my sport. She certainly stands out. Watch one performance of theirs. And the big question that comes to mind is, how do they hold their breath for so long? Here's Jackie and Claudia to explain. I think it's also something that you develop once you're little. I mean, once you're little, you don't go underwater for two minutes straight. You start progressively, build up 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and eventually when you get to our age, you're up to two and a half, three minutes. Funny thing is, it's actually not that hard to do it. You just really have to calm down and really focus on nothing. It's like meditation. You just hold your breath and you let everything go, release everything. That's when we can hold our breath the longest. Now, to further vouch for this incredible skill that he's witnessed firsthand is the Canadian Olympic Committee Chief of Sports, who had nothing but absolutely amazing things to say about Jackie representing Team Canada. My name is Eric Miles. I'm the Chief of Sports at the Canadian Olympic Committee. I work with the Canadian Olympic Committee since 2014, and I have this incredible responsibility, the honor of leading the team uh, since 2016, actually. We do uh, Olympic seminar, like uh, those are special meetings behind closed door, only Olympian, it's all in the preparation. And uh, we, we had someone came from uh, from the Navy before, you know, and then uh, talking about preparation and focus. And we have... Um, this exercise where everyone is laying down on the floor and they show us a way to control our breathing and then hold our breath progressively longer and longer and longer until it went to kind of a a longer stage, you know, and then who would last the longest, you know? Here's that woman just sitting there, lying there, I mean, on the floor like everyone and, you know, a regular person like me Two minutes, you know, this would be, oh boy, I never been that long before, you know. And her, I think she reached near five minutes, not breathing anything. I'm always amazed. They're so strong. They're so tough. Like, you know, like 25 plus hours a week of training and spend in the water. Gender equity in competitive sports is pretty top of mind these days. And usually women are the ones who get the short end of the stick in terms of representation or pay, for example. But in artistic swimming, men are the underrepresented ones. 
So I would say a breakdown of gender, it would probably be now about 75% female, 25% male. And that has had a huge increase in the past few years since we've had the introduction of this event called Mixed Duets, which is very similar to Paris figure skating. And in terms of my role as a female in the sport and, and my gender and whatnot, I don't think it's had a big impact at all. I know that it's been a predominantly female sport since the beginning and going into it, but I haven't really put much thought into that. For me, my main focus has always been excelling and being the best that I could be personally in the sport. There's so much to the sport, especially my sport in particular, being artistic swimming. It's a judge sport. There's a huge subjective part to it. And a lot of it is aesthetic. And because we're females, there are some males in our sport, but because we're females, we tend to always want to be the best that we could be, I find. And that includes, you know, our physical capacity, but also the way we look in our sport. You want to look long and lean. And sometimes in our sport, you, you gain muscle. Some people gain muscle a little bit faster than others. And you that shows, it shows in your appearance. And that could play a huge mental toll on some female athletes. So it's definitely prevalent in our sport. I asked about the most common misconceptions that people hold of the sport. Oh my goodness, where to start, really? <laughs> um, when I talk to people about synchro or synchronized swimming, or now called artistic swimming, they usually think of you know, those little pink bonnet hair caps and those little flowers and floating in the water, and that's really not what we do. Um, it looks cool on movies sometimes, but there's a lot of training that goes behind all this, a lot of hours. So people just think that we just float in the water and it looks easy, but uh, that's, that's not really what exactly what we do. No, it's really not. And to get even more background on the history of the sport, I sat down with someone who's one of the preeminent writers on the history of synchronized swimming. I'm Vicki Velasic. I teach writing at Georgetown University and I've been a master synchronized swimmer. So sort of um, and realized that the history of the sport is it actually goes back much further than before anyone even thought of it as a sport. Going back to vaudeville, variety theater. We could actually go back all the way to ancient Rome and look at the Noachia, the sort of um, gladiator contest of the water, when they would do naval battle reenactments to flood the Colosseum, for example, in Rome. Um, what does that have to do with synchronized swimming? Well, there is one poem or one epigraph from uh, a poet named Marshall from the first century, and he described a group of women doing surface shapes, making interesting patterns on the surface of the water, doing what he called tricks in the water. So that's the earliest kind of uh, evidence of some sort of thing that looked anything like synchronized swimming being recorded. There's, I wish there was a lot more on that, but there's not. Uh, there's a lot more on Namaki in general, but that's the only mention that I've been able to find. But then skipping ahead several centuries, we get to the mid-1700s and early 1800s and start to see evidence of aquadramas. They would do, again, sort of naval battle reenactments, but sometimes performances that had to do with more of like a, a sea-ocean theme with mythological gods and things like that. And then slowly there started to be actual swimmers in these shows. And then the sort of the rise of the circus in Europe and England in the 1800s was really a place for that. So these circuses, they were often called the People's Palaces because they were huge, beautiful ornate buildings. They weren't uh, like a circus tent that would come and go like we think. And they would bring in swimmers to do 
kind of floating patterns, things we call now a ballet leg, where you're putting your leg up in the air. Sometimes they would do comedies. And so this pretty quickly became more popular to see women do it than men, even though the first ones were men. You know, it was the Victorian era. Seeing women swim was novel. Seeing women in fitted clothes in the water was especially novel. So they would kind of, you know, capitalize on both the sex appeal and their swimming skills, which were highly rare in those days. These women, they would perform in tanks, glass tanks of water that would be rolled out onto music hall stages. So that was sort of the vaudeville aspect, um, or even earlier than vaudeville, what you might call variety theater. Given all the changes in the sport over the years, I asked Jackie how she's evolved with the sport. I think I've evolved with the sport at the same time. So the sport has changed a lot over the years. It's gotten a lot faster, stronger, and higher out of the water. And I think I've matured a lot throughout all of this. I've gained a lot of strength, and obviously a lot of that comes with age. But it's really visible in the water as well. I'm getting a lot higher out of the water, a lot more strength, a lot more power. And I think that has a lot to do with this amazing team that I'm working with at the same time who are just helping me get better outside of the water, which directly translates into the water. The pressure is no doubt really high. So I wondered how she handles all of the expectations. I guess you could say the expectations are what the judges expect of you. If it were up to me, to be very honest, I would compete in a neutral black bathing suit and a bathing cap with swim goggles on and uh, have the technique judged. And yes, there is an artistic component. So this is where those sparkles and the makeup come into play is that if you have a themed routine, for instance, like your friend in synchronized skating or us in synchronized swimming, you want to be able to portray that theme to the best of your ability. And sometimes you use the aids of swimming suits and having them a little bit shinier because you're one person, one bathing suit inside of a giant stadium and the judges are quite far. So you want to be able to make an impact and be able to project from far. And that's where the makeup also comes in as well. In the beginning, we used to use the same makeup that circus acts would use. We used to use makeup forever. It's this paint-like on the eyes. But I've come to, to notice over the years that you really only need waterproof makeup and to put a lot on to make it show from far, and it'll stay. Something else that is also here to stay is a someone. Jackie's boyfriend, Stephen, who has supported her tremendously this past year. He is my rock. He's been my person ever since I've met him. You know, whether I have good days or bad days at training, I get to come home and I get to see him. And it just makes my day that much better. He always has a positive outlook on life. And it directly translates into me having a positive outlook in my training too. And you know, we both have great qualities and I think we complete each other in that way. So my name is Stephen Finley and uh, I've known Jackie for two and a half years uh, when we started dating. We've been uh, seeing each other for quite a while now. One of the first things that I noticed when I first met her was her drive and determination. Um, Whatever she sets her mind to, she'll go out and achieve it. Nothing will stop her. She'll find a way to figure it out. Other than that, one of the kindest, um, gentlest people I've ever met in my life um, will help anybody out. Uh, She sees a little kid by the side of the pool that wants an autograph or wants a picture. She'll take the time out of her training just to go give that to them. So yeah, just one of the sweetest people I've ever met. In addition to the support of her parents, brother, and boyfriend, Stephen, she's leaned on friendships as well. 
in the beginning, most of my friendships were within my sport. But then going out onto the Olympic level and international level, I've been able to make friends from around the world and also friends in different sports. So that's been really neat because I found that all the Olympic female athletes that I'm friends with, we, we all have something in common that's working towards you know, a common goal. And I've been able to, to make friends such as Olympic champion, you know, Erica Weeb or Dorothy Yeats and these amazing people and amazing athletes. And it's just really cool to connect with them on different levels. Included in these friendships are those of her teammates in the Paralympic community. So here in Canada, we have these training hubs throughout the country. And they're situated in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and there's one in Halifax, I believe, on the East Coast. And in these training hubs, these national training institutes, it's a mix of Olympians and Paralympians. And so I am very good friends with uh, a bunch of Paralympians, actually. And a lot of our funding programs go to both Olympians and Paralympians. So I've been very fortunate to be able to grow up with some of my good friends who are also Paralympians and we've been going through the same journey at the same time. So it's really neat to be able to share these experiences with everybody and train at the same training center too. The Paralympians probably have it a little bit better because they have all the inside views of the Olympians, you know, what to bring, what food to bring us, what's missing in the village, and they could complete and fill those little holes. <laughs> in addition to being a decorated Olympian, Jackie's also an ambassador for Fast and Female, a Canadian charity on a mission to keep girls aged 8 to 14 healthy and active in sports. We've come to notice with a lot of research over the, uh, the past few years that Females, more than males, tend to drop out of sport a little bit sooner on in the ages and more teenage ages. So what we're doing here with this organization is to promote um, sport, female sport, and just physical activity in general by creating events and raising awareness to the cause and trying to keep females active as long as possible, which also promotes a healthy lifestyle at the same time. Here's Stephen on Jackie's participation with Fast and Female. I think it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with poolside with uh, a bunch of the younger girls that would come up to her and, and ask for autographs and whatnot. I think, you know, as a, as a younger girl, she probably saw a lot of these Olympic role models and people that she looked up to and, and kind of pushed her and drove her to go and pursue her dreams for the Olympics. Um, and so if you can be an ambassador for those younger females to get into sport, to know that they have a future and know that they can really achieve whatever they want to achieve, whether that be in sport or whether that be in something else, as long as they have that intense work ethic and, and they are driven to achieve whatever they want to achieve, um, they can absolutely do it. I couldn't think of a better person to represent Team Canada. I pay attention to a lot of sports pay attention to a lot of people. But um, after getting to know her, uh, everything she stands for, um, what she's had to go through in the preparations for the Olympics, knowing the work ethic that she puts in. And I'm glad that she's being um, highlighted for a lot of these interviews and a lot of these promotional bits, because I really do believe that she should be up there with everybody else. As we look to future generations to carry the torch for synchronized swimming, Jackie shares this advice. Listen to your coaches, listen to the people who are trying to help you and try and implement whatever they're trying to, tell, like, to give you, whether that be a correction. But listening skills, I think, is something that would that helped me to go quite far in this sport. I'd say don't be scared to try any sport, whether you think it'd be silly or whatnot and boys and, and synchro, go out there and try it. And if you have fun, continue doing it because that's what matters at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you think and how you feel. And 
that's, that's what counts at the end of the day, as long as you're happy and you enjoy what you're doing. As a younger sibling myself, I needed to give Christian the opportunity to share his pearls of wisdom with his older sister. I asked him what he wants to say to Jackie before she competes. Hold your breath underwater. Don't breathe underwater. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. I'll make sure she doesn't drown and she's got the rest down. <laughs> I asked Jackie what she'll say to herself right before she jumps into the pool in Tokyo. I think I'd tell myself to stay calm, be concentrated, and do what I'm trained to do. I've trained years and years of my life to do this, and I think you could wake me up at two o'clock in the morning and I'd still be able to perform regardless of the circumstances. So trust my instinct, trust my feelings, and just go out there and enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Flame Bears, the women athletes carrying Tokyo's torch. For more behind the scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Flame Bears. Over the course of the games, we'll continue with our regular cadence, producing a full episode every two weeks. We'll additionally be providing on the ground coverage in short form audio content and via social media takeovers. Of course, all coverage will be in full respect of all IOC guidelines. You heard that right. Flame Bears will be on the ground in Tokyo, helping to amplify the incredible women athletes we all really want to hear from. Massive thank you to the Harvard Kennedy School's Women in Public Policy Program and the Harvard Innovation Lab for your ongoing support. Thank you to my amazing gal group within Stanford's Galvanizer Incubator Program. Thank you to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support and to teammate Hayek Serrato for your terrific work via social media. If you enjoyed this episode, I wanted to share something else you may enjoy. Check out Women X's Women in Sports program, covering all things gender equity in women's sports. Women X is a women-led community shining a light on women's history, contributions, and advancement. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and check out Danusha's episode where we discuss the power of positive manifestation and resilience. We'll catch you on our next episode.